The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. In today's episode, I'm going to give my opinion on the use of the term evidence-based. So there is a formal definition for what evidence-based means, which is basically to base your decision-making and best practices strictly on scientific evidence, as opposed to intuition, as opposed to even experience. And it applies to every field, not just medicine or health. But for purposes of this discussion, I'm really more focused on how the term is used, uh, specifically in articles or marketing having to do with treatments or health strategies, that sort of thing. So there are lots of people who are only willing to try evidence-based treatments or strategies, which sounds reasonable, right? I mean, there's a lot of quackery out there. Uh, Who wants to possibly risk their health or at least their money if what they're trying hasn't been tested in a controlled environment and passed muster with the scientific or medical community. The more regulated, the better, right? Well, I hear and see this term used so often, evidence-based, that I feel like it's nothing more than a marketing buzzword right now, to me. And it's so ambiguous. Uh, I mean, what do you mean by evidence? Conclusive evidence or just a smidgen of evidence is fine? (laughs) You don't know. In fact, I did two recent episodes that sort of covered this, uh, among other things. Episode 20, Knowledge is Motivation, and Episode 21, There are No Small Lifestyle Changes. Uh, But just for fun, let's call out a couple other examples of ambiguous words used in advertising, shall we? Get the results you deserve. Call now. Oh, I deserve it. Wow, that's great. Uh, But how do I know I deserve it? Who deserves it? Everybody watching the commercial? Another example, and more. It could do this, that, and the other, and more. Well, what's and more? Is it a thousand things you couldn't possibly go over now? Or is it two little piddly things that no one cares about, and you could have easily stuck it in, but you went with and more because it sounded better? But what's more concerning to me than the ambiguity of the term evidence-based is the fact that It seems to exclude most holistic modalities or so-called alternative health options. For example, and I brought this up in episode 6, acupuncture for chronic conditions, but how could you possibly study the efficacy of acupuncture in a controlled way? I mean, it's hard enough to try to fool someone into thinking they're, they're getting acupuncture when they're not. They actually do have sham acupuncture treatments to try to control the study uh, by putting the needles in the wrong spots. Uh, or superficial needling. So those would be the placebos. But um, what happened was they did a meta-study, I think around 2008. I'll put the link in the uh, description. But this study found that about a third of studies showed that the sham acupuncture was just as effective as the true acupuncture was, which in turn casts doubt on the concept of meridian points which I know for a fact, the location of the points makes all the difference, at least for me it does. And I'll explain in just a minute. 
But how exactly could you fool an acupuncturist into thinking he or she is not administering acupuncture when they really are, and vice versa? And so because acupuncture doesn't lend itself to being double-blind studied, it would be essentially excluded from evidence-based options, even though I know personally how effective the treatment can be. So when I hear someone using the term evidence-based, alarm bells go off for me because that means they're dismissing just about every holistic modality out there simply because it doesn't lend itself to being studied in a controlled way. And by the way, not only do I know that acupuncture is effective, but I know for a fact it's not a placebo effect either, at least for me, because I went to several practitioners and didn't respond to any of their treatments. Then I went back to Dr. Pang and I responded very well to her treatment, just like I always did. It was consistent. Now you could say, well, it could be that I felt more comfortable with Dr. Pang and the placebo effect is still a plausible explanation. But I can prove that's not the case because luckily I did have the presence of mind at the time to log all my treatments with Dr. Pang because I couldn't expect the same results with someone else. Plus, I couldn't depend on her long-term either. She was already in her mid-80s at the time. So for each treatment, I would mark down as precisely as I could where I got the needles. And many years later, four points proved to do the trick, basically three inches on each side of my belly button and above and below my belly button. And apparently they have to go in a little deeper too. Dr. Pang always put them in a little bit deeper than everyone else. So I'm assuming that makes a difference. But anyway, so nowadays I can just ask any acupuncturist to specifically include those four points as part of my treatment. And it works like a charm every time. So to me, that's proof positive that number one, acupuncture is more than just the placebo effect. And number two, getting back to that meta study, it does indeed matter where the needles go in, at least for me. Um, furthermore, what this tells me is that experience can make up a lot for the lack of empirical evidence or scientific proof. And so anyone who's only open to trying evidence-based options is, in my opinion, depriving themselves of a whole slew of options, including acupuncture, which is sad. Acupuncture saved me. It's the simplest way to put it. By 2004, my prognosis was getting worse, and I had a really bad flare that wasn't getting any better, even with the maximum dose of this non-steroidal medication I was taking, mesalamine. And so the doctor prescribed me prednisone, and he warned me about the side effects that I could get, uh, moon face, uh, fluid retention and swelling, increased appetite and weight gain, mood swings, trouble sleeping, strange dreams. I don't need my dreams to be any stranger than they already are, you know what I mean? And he also mentioned that it's possible that I might need surgery to remove part or my entire colon by the time I was 40. So without getting into my whole story, because I already did in episode four, if you haven't listened to that one yet, but I got acupuncture and it worked, which saved me from both taking prednisone and potentially surgery. So I owe a lot to acupuncture, and I think there are other alternative therapies or treatments out there that get a bad rap because they can't be studied in a controlled way, so they're not evidence-based. So one takeaway I'm trying to get across in this monologue is that holistic modalities and alternative therapies, by their very nature, require us to have a more open mind and rely more on experience than scientific proof when determining if something actually works or not. Getting back to the meta-study, do we know which branches of acupuncture were followed? Was it five elements, which is one of the more popular ones here in the U.S., I believe? 
or something totally different? What symptoms were being treated? What was the experience level of the practitioners who were administering the acupuncture? You see, the devil's in the details, and we need to exercise due care in looking at the results so that we can understand fully what's going on and make a better assessment. Because even a little doubt can go a long way to swaying someone not to try something. Remember, and I often bring this up, that the holistic world of services is fragmented to begin with compared to Western medicine. So it's tougher for people to find relief utilizing holistic modalities. And on top of that, people don't have a lot of time. Think about it. They're in pain or discomfort, uh, and there's a certain sense of urgency. So if they Google acupuncture and Wiki comes up or, or that meta study comes up first, it's going to be a quick no from them, which would be a real shame if the treatment would have actually worked. So the more open-minded we become as a society to alternative therapies, I think we can share our collective experiences and really take advantage of some of the alternative therapies out there to get the best outcomes. Well, that's all I got for today. As always, thank you for listening. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try MyStressAlarm.com today. It's free for a limited time. There's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's MyStressAlarm.com. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in, and if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, stress less to be your best.